You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. All right, Sean, we got our 15 minutes up on the clock. We're going to continue this week with hitting these top 10 swing killers that we, we put in an article on golf.com and golf magazine. It's the, um, it's the, um, if you're listening to this podcast later, it's the magazine with Tony fee now on the cover, uh, why we weren't on the cover. I'm still trying to figure out. I mean, yeah, it's a big idea. I mean, did, are they trying to sell magazines or what? <laughs> You'd think so. <laughs> can imagine. Could've, could've I can just hear the there. cancel subscription button being rung. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the two that we want to talk about today, we hear about these all the time, both, and this is why we put them in the article, both online, a lot on Instagram, a lot on YouTube, and we get a lot of emails and a lot of online lessons where golfers have questions about these two topics and are, are really asking for some clarity on these two topics. And the first one is the trail arm collapsing going into the top of the swing. I think most golfers understand that that a collapse at the top of the swing is not good, but there's a lot of confusion on how to stop it. And what we see most golfers try to do is, okay, I'm not going to collapse at the top anymore, so I'm going to put rebar in my right arm and make sure that it doesn't bend at all going to the top. And that almost yeah. guarantees you collapse at the top. Yeah, th- this is a this is an important one, and you know, and Mike and I both had gears for a long time years basically um and you start noticing trends between good golfers and poor golfers right or pros and handicapped golfers the differences and this is one of the main ones that we we started seeing that you know the the pros have a much wider right arm than most of the amateurs and you know when you go to tell somebody that they automatically like mike was just saying they try to lock the arm out at a dress and keep it that way and the only problem with that is it actually makes it worse because you're dealing with momentum in the golf swing. So if you're trying to lock something, that energy has to go somewhere and it's going to go into a bent right arm. So what we would rather see is start with a soft, softish right arm and then you gradually bend it to the top to where it maybe just say 90 degrees at the top between your upper and lower arm. And, and that gives you a pretty good spot to start the downswing with some good structure in your, your backswing. Yeah. And, you know, during while the, the tour has been shut down or while all sports have been shut down, during the uh, COVID deal, a lot of golfers have been kind of getting their body fixed, right? We've had some surgeries. We've had a lot of guys getting therapy. So guys are kind of taking this time since there's not really an off season anymore out there on tour. Guys have been using this time to kind of heal themselves, get, get things looked at, get things looked after. And we, we had one of the pros in uh, a few days ago who done the same thing and he was just coming getting tuned back up, getting his body right, and, and just seeing what's changed in his swing. You know, if you play with an injury for a while, things start to change that you're not really aware of. So we put him on gears, 
And one of the things that we noticed right away was this. His right arm bend was, had gotten to, to be too much, too much for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, it's one of the compensating things that if you have an issue somewhere else in the body and you don't turn as well as you normally do and you, you're gonna you're used to getting the club up at, you know, a certain height in the backswing, you start recruiting other things that, that really don't help you. And this was one of those things. His right arm was getting too bent. And, you know, pulling up gears is so cool because we could pull up one of his swings when he was playing well and literally overlay that with the swing now. And you can see down to the tenth of a degree the differences. And it was just knowing that made a huge difference for him. And he was able to feel the difference and then get back to more like what he was doing. And it's one of those things that it's it's actually hard to pick up on video. Uh, about the best way to view it on video is from behind the golfer, kind of the butt view. You can really see the right arm bend, but a lot of golfers just aren't aware of it from either looking at down the line or face on videos. But you're exactly right. It makes a huge difference. And not only how you plane the club coming down, but the speed you can generate. When you collapse that right arm, so much of that time that we have to accelerate the club or accelerate the grip into the club is between the top of the swing and left arm parallel. And if you're kind of recovering from your collapse in that window, your speed's going to suffer down there by the ball where it matters most. Yeah, and not only that, you know, you, you start – that arm is collapsing at the top a lot of times it also involves the wrist collapsing mm-hmm. and you, those of you that cast that's a major contributor How, that club goes into the top the right arm collapses the wrists also kind of overhinge and then because they did that they're going to rebound into the downswing you always think about okay how it came in is how it's going to come out you end up casting again you lose speed and directional control and, and when you know we don't want to do that and and mike made another good point you know a lot of us as we get older we lose rib cage or upper body and shoulder mobility and and you know those of you that are limited there you, know, you got to figure out a way to to play with a little bit shorter backswing because i'd much rather have you have a, a solid backswing position that was a little shorter than just collapsing your arms just in the name of a parallel backswing yeah exactly right and that, that's probably rotation when we're when we're covering this in a lesson and we're talking about the right arm Typically, a golfer is going to say, well, I can't get to the top if I don't do that with my arm. The reality of top. it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the reality of it is when this right arm bends too much, the body stops turning. So we've seen, we just look at senior golfers because they're typically the ones who have, have the most or are impacted the most by poor rotation. So one golfer in particular was 72 years old and had a massive collapse at the top. And his reasoning was, he goes, I know I'm collapsing at the top, but I just can't turn anymore. Well, when you when you let that right arm bend, you let those hands get really close to the right shoulder. He's a right-handed golfer. The body stops turning, especially that right shoulder stops turning and stops retracting. By showing him how to keep the width in his right arm, he picked up 28 degrees of shoulder rotation now we didn't do any flexibility training we didn't do any dieting we didn't do any uh, exercising during the lesson it was just how to keep that right arm straighter and he was able to move his shoulders correctly to get more rotation so he picked up 28 degrees shoulder rotation and had a much tighter top of the back swing with more width those all equaled 
a good bit of more speed. I think it was eight miles an hour on his seven iron. Just in that one lesson, just from not collapsing the right arm. He probably wasn't happy. No, he was very disappointed. It wasn't 10 miles an hour. (laughs) 10 miles an hour. Can't make these people happy. (laughs) But we see it all the time. And, you know, golfers think it's one of the kind of the chicken or the egg deal where, okay, I I collapse because I can't turn. Well, you're not turning most often because you collapse. And if you can get some width there in the hands, you're going to turn better. Yeah, we, we see it all the time. I would give that lesson all the time. And um, we'll throw the drill in there real quick, I guess, before we hop on to the next one. Let's do it. So the, the the best drill is to get a pool swimmy from like Walmart or Target, those swimmies that go, you know, for kids so they, they can stay afloat in a pool. You put it on your trail arm or your right arm and slide it up with a little bit of air in it um, so that it actually, you feel it if you bend your right arm more than 90 degrees. So the trick to it is not to feel like you busted at the top because if you did like a bicep curl and you squeezed it, it would feel like you're going to pop it. You want to gradually go back until you just barely touch it. And that's as far as you want to go with the right arm bend. And, that, and, and we say it all the time, you know, if you're not practicing with feedback, uh, you're just kind of exercising out there hitting balls. So th- this is one of the ones that uh, some drills, I get worried you can overdo them. Th- this one you can't overdo. So this is one of, one of our favorites. No, I haven't seen really anybody overdo this. Yeah, this is you can't do enough of this just because I mean, as you plus if you go to the range one day and you're a little bit stiff, it's going to force you like, oh man, I need to warm up a little bit more because I can't even get the club back without bending this right arm. So it's a good litmus test is if you're have you warmed up enough? Are you rotating enough? Uh, because it, it blocks you from getting lazy. <laughs> I need that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think you hit the nail on the head with the gradual part of that recommendation. Uh, one, you got to have feedback. We see golfers all the time who will get the information in the lesson, show themselves that they can make the change in the lesson, and then two weeks later we'll get a video from them saying, hey, it's not working, it's not, I'm not doing it. All right, so t- t- send me a picture of how you're practicing or you talk to them about it's how you're practicing. Working. And they're making a full-on swing. This happens so often with juniors. They're making a full-on swing with zero feedback, nothing but a bucket of balls, just thinking that they can think their way through this change at, at real speed. And it does not happen, pretty much cannot happen. It's not working, my favorite <laughs> text message to get. It's not working. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that, that gets us through that one. Um, right. Next one, one of my favorites. Uh, because it's near and dear to my heart, uh, making <laughs> a level turn. And um, if you, I mean, if you follow golf instruction in general, it's been preached over the years, make a level turn, make a level turn with your hips. And it might be one of the worst things you could possibly do if you want to swing with some club head speed um, and get the club to swing on the correct plane. Yeah, you know, every, you know golf has been around a long time. There's... There's always fads. Seems like now every f- three, four, five years, there's a different fad that comes out that everybody's trying. Um, and in, in many respects, golf is kind of a copycat sport. Who, whoever's playing the best at the time, he's got it figured out, and that's what everybody tries to copy. <laughs> whoever and, won the tournament that week, uh, the, yeah, who, yeah. Now with all the coverage that's available, it's whoever won the yeah. tournament. You know, the, he's a Hall of Famer now. Um, but th- this has been around a long time. This idea of turning level. 
and we're in the article we're mainly talking about the hips because the hips yeah, yeah, the, the hips, hips, hips the affect hips. the upper body too but yep it we just don't see it very often with good players and when we do it's one of the things that we try to correct yeah it's um you know the the kind of buzz phrase is using the ground in the golf swing and using the ground and how do you use the ground and I'm using the ground or whatever that is but you can't do it unless you get the hips tilted in the backswing. The you know the trail hip needs to get higher. Your right hip needs to get higher than your left hip as you turn back. And once you do that, you get that great feeling of playing downhill. And um, you know, for years I was taught to turn really level, and it and it caused me so many problems that I'm still working on getting out of it. But my, you know, the older I get, and the more Mike and I do this and and learn from each other and looking at these great swings and learning from smart people that help us along the way as well. My golf swing has gotten better. The older I've gotten, the better I've gotten. Uh, my swing has gotten and the better I hit the golf ball. I hit it higher, farther than I ever have. I mean, I, I mean, I, I carried a ball with Mike the other day in one of our videos, 300 yards in the air. I've never been able to do that before. And some of that's the equipment, but I've al- I also swung at 120 miles an hour and I've never been able to do that before. So it's when you put your body in an advantageous position, like with good rhythm and good flow to the swing, you get more club head speed with less effort. And this is a big part of it is not making a level turn with the hips. It's, you know, you touched on something that may get um, misinterpreted or misapplied more than anything else in the golf swing, and that's using the ground. Mm-hmm. So there's there's one side of that spectrum that says every golfer is on the ground so every golfer uses a ground just by default just by standing up and then right. and then there's the other end of the spectrum where it says you can absolutely leverage what you do during the swing to take advantage of the ground forces to really not only improve the timing of your swing but also the dynamic and explosiveness of it to produce more speed and for everyone who's kind, kind of, of of the uh, you know, the idea of, you know, we all use the ground because we're all standing on the ground and it's just, it's it's kind of a level playing field and doesn't matter. That's not true at all. You've never played other sports where you've had, you know, grew up playing basketball, played basketball in college. There were guys, same size, same height, who I could not guard because they used the ground completely different. And you would see these guys in the locker room after practice and their shoes had different wear patterns on them than mine did. They were different animals. They had an advantage that no one else was was using. Now, it, it's more common sense and it's more intuitive in sports where you're changing positions. You see it in tennis all the time. You see it in football with running backs and defensive backs. Guys who leverage the ground better perform better. Like good footwork, you would call it, I guess, yes. with, with those kind of sports. And golf, our feet are planted, so we got to feel like we have to feel like we're making that same kind of good footwork with our feet planted. Mike and I call it like a almost like a, a stepping action. We've got some drills that make this happen, but the level the level turn thing is the one way where you will not use the ground. You're forced to make like an upper body dominant swing that you're gonna have to use a lot of effort for minimal output, and and I don't think anybody wants that. <laughs> No, you're exactly right. I don't right. think I want it. No, but you've 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 had it, right? Oh my, yeah, <laughs> yes. And you know, I'm going to make a quick point here too. Is uh, everybody that's trying to use like these speed trainers? Oh, I'm just going to get more speed that way. 
um, you could be doing more harm than good because if you don't have the underlying body positioning and body timing rhythm and motion, you're, you're wasting your time with all these super sp or these speed trainers because you don't have the foundational movements and, and timing in place. That's just my two cents there. Yeah, it, it, it's the total package, right? It's a one-second explosive movement. And if you're missing something in that movement, it's not going to be as good as if it was in there. And that's what we're saying. Everybody can hit the ball far a lot of different ways. But if you want to go to the gym seven days a week and, exactly. and you want to work out and you want to effort and you want to grit your teeth and you want to be exhausted at the end of your 18 holes or you want to move dynamically and you want to, you know, really leverage everything that's available to you. You've got both options. Both options yeah. can work. You know, it's up to you which one you want to do, but we see it day in, day out. We measure it. We're able to capture it and we're able to help golfers by showing them how to, I, oh, probably one of the coolest things you can hear in a lesson is that how, that went how fast? I swung how fast? Yeah. I only I, swung I, that at three quarter speed. I, 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 I felt like I was, I felt like I was coasting. Time. And yeah. it was four miles an hour faster than when they came in and they were warming up, trying to, you know, grind muscle their teeth it, down, it. muscle that, that, it out there. That, yeah, there's a difference between muscling it, muscling it and using the body and the ground effectively to get club head speed with less effort. And this, turn it to tie it all back in, the level turn, getting the hips to change tilts in the swing is a massive deal to Absolutely. get more speed with less effort. Absolutely. All right, we ran a little long on that one. It's uh, all right. an important topic, but... Do yeah. we need to cover anything else before we take off? I don't think so. The only thing I would say is that if you're uh, getting something out of these and they're improving your game, please go over to iTunes and, and leave us a review. Uh, that helps more golfers find the podcast, and we're trying to help as many golfers as we can, and you can help us do that. And smash that subscribe button. Hit it like you hit your two iron. Please subscribe. <laughs> See you guys on the next one.